Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me on Live by Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. This is Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG. We're online at kpcg.fm, and we have a live link at thetrumpet.com. And if you miss any of our uh, programs and you'd like to go back, you can always find the archives. They're in podcast form at kpcg.fm and at thetrumpet.com or wherever else you like to get your podcasts. Well, perhaps you have heard of Lazarus and the rich man. This is uh, something that Christ spoke about, and he was teaching and giving an example. And there's a very important lesson for us to take from it. And yet many people misunderstand what Christ was talking about. Some people assume that this account of Lazarus and the rich man proves that there is an ever-burning hellfire. But we need to understand the lesson that Christ is teaching with this account and see what really is being given to us. There's a lot of false ideas out there about what the Bible means, and this is a great example of that, where people can read through this account and assume a lot of things. But we need to understand what Christ was talking about and what lesson he was trying to teach us with the example of Lazarus and the rich man. And so that's what we're going to talk about today on this edition of Live by Every Word. And we're going to look at some passages in Luke 16. So if you have your Bible handy, it'd be great to get it out. We could look at these together and begin to understand what Christ is teaching us here with this example. Luke 16, and we'll begin in verse 22. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And so people could read that and have some false ideas about heaven and hell and read into what Christ was saying there and think that that's what he's talking about. What is Christ talking about here? Well, notice this quote from the Herbert W. Armstrong Bible Correspondence Course, a free course at thetrumpet.com. Please sign up for it if you have not already. It says, If we are Christ's, we become heirs with Abraham to receive the promises God made to him. And you can look in Galatians 3 and verse 29 to see that. We receive these promises. We're heirs with Abraham. And it continues and says, Through faith, we may all become the spiritual children of Abraham. And you can see that in Galatians 3 and verse 7. You know, the world today gets very hung up sometimes on what race a person is. Well, God's the creator of all races, and he wants everyone to have faith in him and obey him and become spiritually the children of Abraham and be heirs of all of these promises. The quote continues and says, This is an intimate relationship, a close or bosom relationship, spiritually speaking, with Abraham. We are to be in close contact with him in sharing the promises. This is the sense in which righteous Lazarus was taken to Abraham's bosom. So Lazarus was a man that obeyed God. He was righteous. He lived according to God's word. And because of that, 
he became heir with Abraham to receive the promises that God made to Abraham. And also, he became spiritually the children of Abraham. He had this close relationship in the way that he lived. Abraham obeyed God, and Lazarus obeyed God, and so they were close. And here Christ is showing that that, that way of life, obeying God, ultimately ended up for Lazarus, where he is resurrected, and he's part of spiritual Israel. He's there receiving those same promises of salvation that Abraham was given. So it's a picture of the future, of course, because Christ is not returned, and the first resurrection has not yet occurred. So this is looking forward to this time of that first resurrection. And so the point that we're getting here is that Lazarus obeyed God. He obeyed God. He was righteous. But also, now we come to the rich man. He died as well. Whether you're rich or poor or somewhere in the middle, death comes to all. But then after that, the resurrection. So what happens to the rich man when he's resurrected? Notice Luke 16, and we'll look at verses 23 and 24. It says, And in hell he lift up his eyes, this rich man, being in torments, and sees Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. And so here we see the rich man has been resurrected from the dead. He lifts up his eyes. He is alive again. You see, he lifted up his eyes. He was resurrected. He is alive again. Now, the word hell here is translated from the Greek word Hades. Hades means the grave. This is not translated from Gehenna, which is that that fire that burned outside of Jerusalem. This is the grave. And so this is picturing the rich man at the moment of resurrection, coming out of the grave. He comes out of the grave, he's resurrected, and he finds out what his fate is. Notice this quote from the correspondence course. It says, Abraham and Lazarus will have already inherited eternal life in God's kingdom. You can read about that in Matthew 25 and verse 34. They will have been immortal for over 1,000 years before the wicked rich man is resurrected to be burned in the lake of fire. And you can look at Revelation 20, verses 4 and 5, and verses 13 through 15 to see that. Until then, it says, the rich man will have been dead in his grave, having no consciousness of the passing of time. He doesn't know how long he's been dead. When people die, they don't know anything. There's no consciousness there. You can read Ecclesiastes 9 and verse 5. They don't know anything, so this rich man, and again, he was wicked. He wasn't wicked because he was rich, but he happened to be rich. (laughs) He was wicked. He did not obey God, and he died. And he didn't know how long he'd been dead, and he's resurrected here. And he comes out of his grave, and he sees that his future is bleak. He's going to be burned in the lake of fire. This is the third resurrection. Now, at his resurrection, the rich man, it says, will see the flames of the lake of fire beginning to surround him. It's a horrifying picture. 
It says he knows these flames will destroy him forever. Being in great mental agony, he asks for just a little water to cool his tongue, which has become dry from his mental anguish. You know, we've all been there where you get nervous or you, something comes up that, that bothers you and uh, your mouth gets dry. You have a hard time, you know, swallowing. Well, this is mental anguish on a level that we don't understand because he knows he's about to die forever because of the way he lived, because he refuses to obey God. He refuses to repent. And because of that, he's going to be burned in the lake of fire. And that's the merciful thing to do because, again, he would not obey God. So he has this mental anguish. It says he does not ask for buckets or oceans of water to put the fire out. He knows such a request would be denied. There's, there's no getting out of this. He lived a wicked life. He had a chance to repent, and he refused. God's going to give everybody a chance to repent, but this man wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do it. He wouldn't listen to God. And now he's at that point where he's at the end of his life. He was resurrected, and he will be put into the lake of fire. Notice Luke 16, continuing here, verses 25 through 26. This is after that rich man made the request to uh, get some water. Verse 25 says, Abraham said, Son, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things, and likewise Lazarus' evil things. But now he is comforted, and you are tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, and neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. This great gulf that Abraham speaks of here is the difference between mortality and immortality. Lazarus will have inherited eternity because he lived righteously, but the rich man, because of his lawless life, because of his focus on the physical and the disregard and the rebellion against God's law, the spiritual, he didn't have focus on that, and he wouldn't obey God, and he wouldn't repent, he'll be burned up in the lake of fire. There's a big gulf between those two, a great gulf between righteousness and lawlessness. This is the end result of the way that Lazarus lived and the way the rich man lived. And you can see this is all according to God's plan, the way that he, he gives people a chance to learn his truth, to repent, to change when they make mistakes, to develop character. He gives everybody a chance, but there are a few who will not obey God, and they end up being cast into the lake of fire. There's such a gulf there between eternal life and death. A huge gulf there, and this is the death that the rich man won't be resurrected from. It's the third resurrection to the lake of fire. There's no more, no more resurrection from that. It's the end, and there's a great gulf between where the rich man is and where Lazarus is. It has everything to do with how they live their lives. Notice the course continues. Abraham and the beggar will be on the immortal side of this gulf. The rich man on the mortal side, facing imminent, eternal death by fire. There's a huge gulf there. And again, that gulf is really, it's about how we live today. If we obey God, 
if we obey God and if we're living according to his word and growing and developing character and repenting when we sin, God works with us. He works with us, and he wants us to be near him and be near Abraham and be near Christ. But for the lawless, those who won't obey, see, there's such a big gulf between those two. And there's no crossing that gulf after a certain point in time. We all have a certain amount of time to obey God and develop his character, and and that's it. And for those that don't, they can't cross that gulf then. They can't get eternal life. They can't be in the family of God. They can't inherit that because they didn't live like Abraham lived. They didn't obey God. As Christ is showing here in Luke 16, there is an eternal reality that we will either live forever in the kingdom of God or we'll die and never live again. That's the reality. All of us, you, me, everybody, we are going to be in one category or the other. And we have to understand the reality of this. You know, here Christ is teaching us something. He's taking us forward in time and showing us the end result of two ways of life. The obedient, the righteous, those who eat from the tree of life, they go into the bosom of Abraham. They go into the kingdom of God. And those who refuse to obey God and want to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and reject God and his government and his law, they're burned in the lake of fire. See, we're being transported here by what Christ is teaching to that, the results, <laughs> if you will, you know. We, uh, we have uh, a certain amount of time to develop fruits in this life, and then you come to that end where, okay, let's take a look at the results. And, and that's what Christ is taking us forward to see. And Lazarus had good fruits. He had good results. The rich man did not. And so he was coming to his end. And, of course, the rich man, he uh, became quite upset, as this passage shows. And he thought back to his family, and he thought that he wanted to warn them. He didn't want them to end up like him. He wanted them to see that there was more to life than just the, the physical, that there was something beyond that, and they needed to understand it and put effort into the spiritual and have a spiritual focus. So he wanted to warn them, and notice Luke 16, verses 27 through 31. Then he said, I pray you, therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. See, he didn't want his family to end up where he was. He wanted to warn them. Verse 29, Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. Just send, send Lazarus, you know, send somebody so they can be warned. They'll hear him. Verse 31, And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. The correspondence course says, Many of the condemned, like the rich man, will want their relatives warned, not realizing how much time has elapsed since they died, and that all other people will also have already had their chance to receive salvation. See, the rich man didn't understand how long he'd been dead. He didn't understand what had happened. You know, in his mind, his family was still alive. He thought it was just a really quick moment that he, was, that he died and then was resurrected, but it had been over a thousand years. So he didn't understand that, but 
but he he had this thought that well maybe if they're warned maybe if my family's warned they'll make better decisions than what I've made and they won't have to suffer the fate that I'm suffering but the point is made here that look they can hear Moses and the prophets they can study their bible they can look into the word of god they can heed the warning they can follow the admonition of how to live they've got all they need see christ is talking to you and me we've got everything we need we've got the writings of moses and the prophets and the apostles today we've got that but see we have to believe god's message we've got to believe it and that's one thing that always was hard for christ was that people just wouldn't believe they didn't have faith they were slow to hear all that the prophets had taught them slow of heart wouldn't hear it didn't really apply it and then here comes the rich man to his end and he realizes i should have listened i should have listened See, we're not to the point of the rich man yet, or Lazarus, if we want to look at the positive side. We're still on our journey, and we have to listen to and believe the writings of Moses and the prophets and apply it, apply God's word. The Course says the account of Lazarus and the rich man does not prove eternal punishing by God in hellfire. No, not that. Rather, Christ used this short illustration to picture to his listeners the reality of the resurrection from the dead of both the righteous and the wicked. You see, there's a reality to it. There's a reality to it. Now, the world around us seems pretty real today, but the ultimate reality is going to be coming up in a resurrection, and what happens then? Something to really think about. It says, He was picturing the resurrection to eternal life, as contrasted with the ultimate fate of the wicked, the resurrection to die eternal death. And it's one or the other. You might remember Winston Churchill said something to the effect that, uh, you know, people often don't act until there's that, that uh, jarring gong of survival. I think he said something to that effect. Something that really shocks him. They realize if I don't make, you know, uh, uh, take action now, my life's in danger. People will, people will act then. So we need to make sure that we understand that when we read Lazarus and the rich man and Christ's admonition there, that should be a jarring gong for us. It should really shake us to realize we need to act. We need to obey God. We need to support his work. Time's running out. Every day is a day that's passed. So we want to make sure we understand what Christ was teaching us here, the reality of the resurrection, either to eternal life or to death. And we need to make sure that we hear Moses and the prophets, every word of God, and live by it. That's all the time we have for this edition of Live By Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. Thank you for spending some time with me today. And until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God. You've been listening to Live by Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.